Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you doing, Wagner? Indeed, it is time for What Are You Doing, Wagner? Our look around the world and what people are doing during the pandemic. Out of isolation still be in isolation. There's no isolation. Speaking of isolation, um, the NBA released its Coach of the Year voting. Nick Nurse got 90 of 100 first place votes. So it was a runaway. Nick Nurse is your NBA Coach of the Year, followed by Mike Budenholzer of Milwaukee, Billy Donovan of Oklahoma City. Mark Grody, the Jim Boylan faction did not get a vote for first, second, or third place. Zero votes in Coach of the Year. Jim Boylan did call a late timeout in the voting, but when they resumed, he was still shut out. So I just thought I'd <laughs> pass that cheap shot along because he deserves it. Um, at this point in time, when we are doing What Are You Doing, Wegner, we check in on the status of let me put together a list. It was I wasn't sure if it was on a hiatus, if you'd come up, you'd solve creative differences, you'd come up with a new idea because I'm old and I forget. So update us, Mark. We, Brian and I, recorded... Yep our season one finale for let me put a list together and it was famous entertainment cars think you know the a-team van the batmobile the delorean and back to the future so we did i think it was top 12 or 13 something like that so we did that and then brian and i have decided to take a little bit of time off to work on solo projects and and the like and we are going to come back strong hopefully if we can get our heads back together in september for season two and i can't tell you yet specifically what it is but we are adding a twist to season two there may might be other popular people involved in what we do in season two and let me put a list together so it's all in the working Ooh. brian and i are taking a break from each other yep. and the process it's a process you know what i mean it's a creative it's process. process that goes trust on the and trust right the trust process. the process and my focus right now is 100 percent solo projects and sports so that's that's where we are with things right now speaking of sports before well this is this is what are you doing wagner so we could talk about anything we want Right. I there there is a 
popular notion out there, or a very popular thing to say, and that is, boy, wouldn't it be great if we had a Cubs-White Sox World Series? Nobody uh-huh. really wants a Cubs-White Sox World Series in Chicago. Nobody truly wants that. If you are what? a diehard White, check me out. If you are a diehard Cubs fan or a diehard White Sox fan, deep down inside, you don't want that stress because it would it would be pure stress watching if you are a Cubs fan or a oh. Sox fan. I would say the Cubs would have more to lose. But at this point, it is it is just it would be completely stressful and intense and bothersome. There there was there's nothing fun sounding like it would be a spectacle. It would be interesting, but there is nothing fun about the idea of a Cubs White Sox World Series. It is pure stress, pure probably anger. It would get caustic. It could get physical. There's nothing good about it, Steve. Nothing. Well, aren't you the optimistic sort of, of a something we've never seen in our lifetime? I mean, really, it's tough think enough about to get this. one team to the World Series and you don't want both to make them. I'm not saying I don't want it. I'm just saying it would not be fun. Like people, oh, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be a lot of fun to see the cut? No, no, no. It would be interesting, but it would mostly be stressful and pe- and this and it's actually really good that. I would suspect that there still won't be fans allowed by the time there is a World Series and that people in general, we have been quelled from being in bars and restaurants and on the streets in general. So I think that's a good thing. It would just be a lot of stress and nerves and not really healthy for people. And one fan base will be really happy and the other one will be dejected and non-existent for a long time. So there's Steve, nothing good about it. Right. The fear, the fear of losing. The fear. That's what is fear of losing driving all of this. So if there were, there are no fans, but what if there were a Cubs, uh, a friend, my, my, one of my guys at Trader Joe's Wino, Wino said that he thought that he heard tickets on the street were going for the Cubs socks this weekend. We're going for a thousand bucks and he was lucky to get them for 500. (laughs) (laughs) But, but the, the idea of a Cubs socks world series. And I, again, there's no fans there. I, what would you imagine the, the, StubHub price, the scalper price would be? What would be the street price of, of In, those tickets? Well, I, I, honestly, I'm asking this honestly because I was, hey, I was fortunate enough to be uh, a broadcaster during 2016 with the Cubs, so I was I was there on a free ride. What were tickets going for a Cubs World oh, Series wow. game? In 2016, I, because I, I would say I would say that plus like five thousand dollars. Only five thousand. Okay. Yeah, that's Cub, what I would if say. It was so, Cubs socks. Okay. Yeah, if it's Cubs socks. So whatever it was for a World Series ticket at Wrigley Field in 2016 plus 5,000, then that adds inflation and that adds the White Sox factor. I would say plus, I would say 2016 mm-hmm. Cubs World Series plus 5,000. Okay. All right. What do you All think? Right. What do you think? I, 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 it's an unimaginable number. I don't recall what the 2016 numbers were. I, and I would imagine Cub, faith, Cub fans paid a ton to get into Cleveland to get it um, for game six and seven there. Um, I don't know. I, Mr. I don't, Raseo, I, will you please uh, look up for us what a Cubs World Series ticket on the street was going for? In, we have, in we have computers. But we're doing face what value. Are you, what are you doing, Wagner? Okay, this might be the greatest 
clap back, retweet in sports ever. There's a guy named John McClain works out of Houston. He's the Houston football writer, not the John McClain from Die Hard character. Yippee-ki-yay. John, John, I think, is in, the, is in the Hall of Fame. He's a Dan Pompey type. So he tweeted at a Arizona Cardinals blog, is DeAndre Hopkins holding out? And then DeAndre mm. Hopkins, who was traded from Houston to Arizona, retweeted John McClain with this comment. No, DeAndre Hopkins is not holding out from the source. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Wagner? Good for go. him. There from uh, a, a texter here, totally disagree with Grody on the idea of a Crosstown World Series. The winning side will have an entire year to rub it into the losing side. There, It's too much fun to be had, even if it is stressful getting there. Caneville gal. I disagree. I disagree. I think it will be very stressful. Now, this isn't, break, this isn't a, a caller calling in, but breaking news uh, for your request a moment ago, Mr. Grody. Uh, per CBSSports.com, Game 1 out in Cleveland was about $1,700. Game 3 at Wrigley, secondary market prices were about $4,500. Do we have anything wow, on Game so 7 since that was, that was it? That was the yeah, Game 7 was uh, just over $3,500. So it was less for Game 7 than Game 3 than the first World Series game at Wrigley than anyone can... It, w- oh, it was wow. in Cleveland, so... Right, but the Cubs were there. The Cubs travel really well. Oh, Perhaps nice. you've heard. Julia. Yeah, like the Grateful Dead. Yeah, they, they, they travel everywhere. Yeah. Speaking of that, okay. Well, thank you. So then... So then, Mark, you're talking whatever inflation is. So you'd be you'd figure um, nine thousand dollars a ticket. Yeah, by grody math, it would be <laughs> not socks math. Here it comes. Here it comes. So grody math says yeah, nine thousand dollars. Carry on. Yeah. So someone named Scott. I have no idea. It's just the Twitter address Scott tweeted out. Still ashamed of myself for going to a Rage Against the Machine concert 10 years ago. Now, here's your music clapback, much like your pro football clapback. So Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine retweeted this comment. We were sorry you came as well. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Morello, love him, wonderful musician, and even a better Twitter experience. Gord Miller, and Gord is the ultimate Canadian name. It is the quintessential Canadian name. He's on TSN, the sports network. It's sort of the ESPN of, of Canada. Hey, Gord. One of the things you're getting is in, in these bubbles, in these empty arenas, is players are mic'd and the mics are closer and unobs- uh, uninterfered with by fans. There's nobody, nobody cheering, right? So you're getting some raw stuff. It was always there when you mic'd up players, but there was a delay or you had to get an okay. You had the you, you had to go through more hoops. And he tells this story, Gordon Miller of TSN tells the story that some were talking about censorship and and he was referring to the FCC and Canada's version of the FCC about using fa- foul language and being reasonable in preventing it. 
And he said, when we used to mic players, the NHL had a person on site to monitor what went on the air. And a young person from Texas is who that person was. One night, the mic caught a player saying, you effing piece of bleep, I'm going to jam my stick down your effing throat. And she calmly says, well, y'all can't use that. <laughs> I love that. That's a That's awesome. perfect sensor. I, I once worked for a guy years and years and years ago. I was working my way through college. And I was at a radio station. And the guy who was the morning man for about the fourth time there, he kept getting fired, going away, coming back, and doing it. was sort of the, the Dan McNeil of his time. And he was a legend out in L.A. And it was Dick Whittington. And he was known as Sweet <clears throat> Dick. And Jesus. he also happened to be a writer on Laughing, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. He was many of one of the many staff writers they had. And if you're old like me, you remember a part of Laughing where they had the the cocktail party and people would, the music would be going, then it would stop and somebody would deliver a line or somebody would stop dancing and deliver a line. Somebody would open a door and deliver a line. And this is where he said they learned to play the censors, that they would put in five jokes that would be automatically rejected so that they, get the, so that they could get in the five that they knew were on the border that would have been rejected had the first five uh. not been there. So yeah. they knew how to game the system. I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's that's a lesson for life. Carry that forward. And um, and I uh, have. Uh, what the, about, the, we all remember Tom Brenneman. Do we still remember him? Yeah, it's, um, I was going to, we could talk about that. That was between Tom Brenneman and Mike Milbury. It's been a, it's been a bad week for old white guys with old sicknesses. So, I didn't realize how powerful that word was. Well, how about the yeah, today's letter? Today's episode of Sesame Street is brought to you the, by the letters B and S. <laughs> so share with the class what Tom Brenneman did. I'll share with the class what Mike Milbury did, and we can discuss the old white guys and old sicknesses. Well, Tom Brenneman used a a gay slur in what he thought was off mic, but it turned out it was not off mic. And yeah, he said this is the bleep capital of the country, I think is what he said. And, and the word starts with F, and it's a three-letter word, and it's a gay slur. So you know the word, I think, to which I am referring. And he said that. And then he found out that he was caught, and then he goes on the, I'd like to give a real apology here. There's a home uh -huh. run by Nick Castillon. So he, he did apologize, and I actually thought the apology was pretty good and that he didn't do a uh, typical wait for somebody else to write the apology. So I do think he felt bad, and I do think that the apology was was pretty good, and I appreciate that he did that. And, and then just kind of walked, dropped the mic and, uh, you know, it was kind of like Hawk here. I'm going downstairs. Uh, Tom's like, I'm going to go get my car and go home. He has, as a matter of fact, um, I'm being told by Julio Roseo that we have the audio. So I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game.
I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Well, he won't. Yeah, I. So he he made he he gets it. He gets the the trouble that that he's in and Fox National where he did the NFL broadcasts. He is off of that, and it's still pending with the Reds. My guess is that they'd like to keep Tom Brenneman on, so he is currently suspended unless something has happened in the last 10 minutes that I haven't seen. Um, and in, in cases like this, I would I would prefer to hear from the LGBTQ community, the gay community, to, to hear what they think. To hear what, because I had somebody say, somebody that was gay, tell me that they think they, they should let him keep his job, but that, that he should become a symbol for what not to say and an advocate um, for LGBTQ and, you know, stick with it. So I don't know. That's what I, I, that's who I'd prefer to hear from on this. I did, I did appreciate the apology that Tom Brenneman gave, though. Mike Milbury on NBC was doing his typical bad job of broadcasting as a color man um and and he was talking about brian boucher who was between the glass he was talking about the um was talking about the bubble environment that they're in and talking about if you boucher says if you think about it it's a terrific environment with regard to if you enjoy playing and enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time it's a perfect place it's it's about bonding and things we've heard it's like a giant road trip you hear players talk about road trips and mike milberry said it's the perfect place not even any women here to disrupt your concentration hmm. you know it is mike milberry has grown more and more useless and and every time you heard him on a game doing analysis you wondered why nbc was submitting itself to such horror, to such such F-level analysis and broadcasting. And, and you have a, a coterie of people who would be more interesting. And not to be mean or to be ironic, but if you've ever heard A.J. Molesko, she a member of the 1998 U.S. women's hockey team, the gold medal team in Nagano, Harvard, educated if you've ever heard her on a broadcast you've ever Love heard it. Kendall Kendall Coyne Schofield you know they're so far advanced in getting the the gig knowing how it works knowing how to describe it Milbury cannot do that job and here he is he, insulting women an old trope an old bad joke an old sickness that just plays upon it and NBC suspended him from Friday's game it is not just it is for unfortunately only removed it from the broadcast for Friday. I don't know where this goes, but he, they just said he's not working. The NHL um, addressed it with a comment, and Milbury's own apology was he said he's sincere, um, which means he's not. It was not his intention to disrespect anyone. Really, dude? Did you think about it? I was trying to be irreverent and took it a step too far. No, it was just, it was an old bad joke. So that's what are you doing, Wagner? Yeah. A, uh, a, a texture says to me, and this is actually a good question I want, that I want to address um, uh, from the 773. A man of faith, they, they always use that as a barrier from their yep. true feelings. Appreciate the apology. Come on, Mark. And this is, this is per um, Tom Brenneman. You're right about that part. I don't like it when 
they inject that. Yeah, be, being a man of faith in any religion really means really means nothing. The part that I appreciated, maybe not the apology itself, that he that he made the apology, that he did it without waiting for advice from his agents, from the Reds, from from the publicity people. Now he has since done that because he went in the Cincinnati Enquirer and he's apologizing to anybody he can get in front of right now. And I'm sure that is advice from people. But I'm just saying that I'm glad he didn't read a scripted apology or have somebody read the apology for him. He at least did something which is relatively unique in real time, made the apology off the top of his head. So that I, I want to clarify that. Good question, though, from the texture. I appreciate it. Yeah. So that, that was that part of it. There were, I have some other things for what are you doing, Wegner? Um, and we could, and then something else that happened in baseball that I didn't know we were approaching a particular accomplishment, a particular milestone. So mm. we'll take a break and we'll come back with a variety of things that um, will will entertain you for for your sports, tickle your sports funny bone and maybe not tickle your sports funny bone. And we'll also discuss a good day to die. There is a good day to die. You may not have known that, but there is. Is that a, a James a Bond movie? To, Huh? Yeah, it's a good day to die, Mr. Bond. Any day <laughs> you die, like a it's a Bond good day to die, Mr. Bond. I'm going to tell you exactly how you're going to die, Mr. Bond, and when you're going to die. And I'm going to talk long enough for you to figure out a way out of it, and then we'll extend the movie, Mr. Bond. <laughs> Goodbye. Very good, Mr. Bond. But By you forgot way, one thing. Yes, you forgot one thing. I have to extend did this movie I? another another 100 pages. Uh, we did have a texter who decided... and really did an excellent an excellent job of tying this together and thought that um, somebody should find the reliever, Mr. Dr. Kimball, and make him a bit of a dance party. I think mm. we need Dr. Kimball and a bit of a dance party. So maybe that's your closer, Dr. Kimball. I'm always pro that. You know that, brother. I know. All right. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Unlock me! Saturday suckage, and it continues, whether you like it or not, until 2 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hashtag Sox math. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. What are you doing, Wagner? Yes, our everyone into the pool segment. On Saturday, second Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 score. Rosenblum and Brody. What are you doing, Wagner? And by the way, do you know who turns 81 today, Mark? And you know Larry King. No, nobody turns 81 like this guy. You know who turned 81 the best, Mark? Who? Yes. I have no idea. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. Come on, we're doing. Yes. What are you doing, Wagner? And 81 years old. 81. 81. Uh, so, yes, yeah, what's going on, buddy? At Rogers Place, where the uh, in Edmonton, where the Blackhawks were run out of the playoffs, the and the bubble continues. I hadn't seen this. Greg Wyshynski had um, retweeted this. I hadn't known this was going on, but he's a uh, writes pucks for ESPN he tweeted a picture of the me- the message board the video board 
in which it, the NHL says, at the conclusion of tonight's game, please exit your couch safely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the world um, in which we live. Yeah, it is. That's it. Don't That's it? so true. Let me tell you the, about um, Jason Kirk, the, who fancies himself the cornhole expert for This American Life, had retweeted this, um, this tweet from about Texas football. Now, Texas is going to, it talks about how sick, I think, college football is. That Texas's home football schedule was released recently, and the games are sponsored. Like, there's the UTEP game is presented by Equipment Depot. TCU game is presented by St. David's Healthcare. And this remark wraps it all up from Jason Kirk. Amateur sports making TV money for the richest athletic department during the plague in a game sponsored by hospitals. Oh, Jesus. Yep, that's where you are with, with that kind of sportsmanship. The, uh, what are I mean, you that doing, Wagner? Sponsorship, yeah. So. so anyways, the best day to die... And, or the worst day to die. You could look. It depends how you look at it. Do you want to be the most famous person on the day you die, or do you be, you want to be just a bat boy at an all-star game of deaths? Which way would you go with that? What was the question? I'm sorry. I was I was uh, returning a text message. <laughs> I'm sorry to get in the way. Not my personal text. One of our comedy <laughs> bits. I'm sorry. I, no, it I'm sucks. not trying to set up my Saturday night. I, I was texting <laughs> with a listener. What was I'm the sorry. time to share with us? Well, yeah, I could I could share it. No, it was uh, it was actually because yeah. this was a this was a good ending because usually a lot of these text interactions are not positive not stories. Happy. So here's a positive yeah. one. It was from the seven seven three that said thanks for addressing that, Mark. Always weird to text a radio show, but I appreciate the clarification. Dig the show since the wake and bake days, and so I just wrote back, "Yup!" exclamation point. Text anytime. And he was he was the one that ca- called me out on the on the Lom Brennan apology and i uh-huh. clarified that i only like the fact that he gave the apology not that not necessarily the content of it so that was um it was kind of just a really warm fuzzy interaction i just had with a 773 texter who's a long time score guy and a long time wake and bake guy so right. what was your question again <laughs> okay so a good day to die mr bond or a bad day to yes. die do you want to be the most famous person on any particular day of the calendar when you die, or do you want to be just a bat boy at an all-star game on a day of all-star deaths? Because we just had what may be oh, the greatest death day. We just passed that. Do I want so the competition of dying on the same day as other popular people? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was, it oh, was no, I want, mine to be, I want mine to be special. I want mine to be thought about, yeah. I okay. Want, I want to be well, all then alone. Then don't die on August 16th of whatever year that might happen. We just passed that. And that is the death day of the likes of Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. Dead. Aretha Franklin. Dead. Bella Lugosi. Dead. Margaret Mitchell, Gone with the Wind author. D-E-D, Dead. Then cross him off, then. And the creator of Coca-Cola. 
August 16th. Wow. I, I don't I, I actually did try to go look up when I saw that. I said, so is this the greatest death day? And I tried to I couldn't figure out how to how to make the Twitter machine work to present it to me. Somebody smarter than me, and there are a lot of people ahead of me in line on that count, um, could probably figure it out. But that's a pretty good look at look at the cross section of people there. Babe, Elvis, Aretha, Bella Lugosi, Gone with the Wind, creator, writer, and the creator of Coca-Cola. So that's a pretty good death day. Let me localize that a little bit for you, because I, I think about this, in that Johnny Red Kerr and Storm and Norm Van Leer passed away on the same day, right? Yes. They yes, did. they did. And so not just I, not just any random like February 22nd or whatever it was. It was that exact same day, not in different years. Those days, that was quite a rocking day. Yeah, and they yeah. they resonated similarly with fans in Chicago as very yes. kind of local heroes that had some obviously national attention and love, but very similar, you know, kind of rah-rah guys for the city and specifically for the Bulls. So I felt a little bad for those guys just because of that, that, that their time, that their day had to be split amongst the attention. And I don't know that they would care or that their families would care, but when that day rolls around, it is about both of them instead of about just one of them, you know? Wouldn't you want your own day? I wouldn't want my own. Yeah, day. but I knew I'd never get it. I'm never going to be the most famous person dying on whatever day I die. Uh, so I'm not. Good point. I'm not worried. And again, like you said, they they won't know. They're not around to to hear it or not hear it. It's just that's it. You're done. Moving right along. Nothing to see here. Um, so, and there was a baseball accomplishment this week that I didn't know it needed to be accomplished. There was a milestone reach that I don't think. I, somebody knew because they marked it down and they were waiting for it. And it's the most, it's the oddest thing I'd ever heard. But here it is. The Yankees on Thursday called up Miguel Zahure. That's uh-huh. the pitcher they called him up. And they issued him <laughs> uniform number 89. To that point, until Thursday... Number 89 is the only number from 0 to 99 that had never been worn in a major league game. Never worn in a major league regular season game. I didn't check to see if he'd got it in the last couple of days. Oh, no, the, the Yankees and Mets were canceled because of the, the virus. But that is the last jersey. The, the last three numbers all came up this season, 86, 89, and 92. Numbers that had never been worn in games. And the Cardinals checked off 92 with Genesis Cabrera and Jesus Cruz, who were 86. So that left 89. And that is Jahure. And he's uh, he's got a pitch in a game. And we will have had every number in Major League Baseball represented at some point in time. From zero to ninety-nine. I never knew we were waiting on that, Mark. I That's never great. Knew. Well, you know, the Yankees have have no single-digit numbers available anymore because they all done been retired. So I can see that. It's perfect that it's the Yankees. Have you noticed, by the way, with the St. Louis Cardinals, that they again 
have those guys that you haven't heard of that are damaging the Cubs, Brad Miller and Max Schrock. It's like the Cardinals are doing that thing again. Yes, they are. They're doing the Randall Gritchick thing, which is yes, just, <laughs> right. Just like, come on, this isn't real. You just what? What'd you do? You just you just cloned him, right? The same right. person said, yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's what they did. Yeah, they're they're doing that thing. They're doing that thing. So, um, so that was the the number. The uh, I did there's something else that happened this week. I wanna the Tatis slam. So much went into that and went went around that. Um, I want to yeah. talk about that. We'll take a break. Really? We'll come back and we'll close up any anything loose ends that we need to, or just fill space. Um, and before we close, what are you doing, Wagner? I had had this, the Newberry Library in town. The Mike Milberry had, Library? No, no, the Newberry oh. Library. Oh. Um, and and I want to ask you if this is still a thing. But this is this was their tweet. When we reopen, we'll ask that you a wear a mask, B, wash your hands, C, not cut into the books to see if they're cake. <laughs> what? what? Do you remember that? We went through that a couple weeks ago and it was all the rage that every inanimate object looked like cake. You would have, and they were worried that people would think their books are cake. You know, people would make a, a tire, like a, something that looked like a tire and cut into it. Oh, it's cake. Somebody would make a house. Oh, it's cake. You don't remember that? It was it was meme crazy. Everything. I must was... have been returning a text message at that time because I don't remember. <laughs> yes, you were. All right, go return your text messages. All right. We'll take a break and then we'll return for the, the rest of this suckage. Look, it's not for nothing that we're Saturday suckage, folks. We keep proving it to you. And we suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. And the Padres go on top 14-3. to Two home runs, seven RBIs for Fernando Tatis Jr. Slam Diego. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you. Saturday Suckage. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score will be sucking so you don't have to until 2 o'clock today. And that was, that set off just a world of hurt and controversy. And and it was in a rout of a game against the Rangers. And Fernando Tatis Jr., erstwhile sucks. Prospect traded for James Shields. Oops, babe. 3 0 pitch, and he swings. Grand slam. So, it turns out, and it, it turns out everyone was wrong in that. Tatis was given the take sign. Jace Tingler, his manager, gave his best young player the take sign and told everyone about it after the game. And the Texas manager, Sounded like a weenie, made his team sound like a weenie, and it was suspended for a game when one of his pitchers did the gutless thing of throwing behind Manny Machado. So everything, everyone was wrong in that part, uh, in, in that episode. But the 
the just the cascade of comments that it brought about the idiocy of baseball's unwritten rules and and the fact that you're supposed to lay down because the other team might be weenies because they're getting hammered. So among the comments, they didn't get a lot of play. Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm. the Cardinals ace, mm-hmm. don't like it. Don't fall behind 3-0. and Pretty simple. <laughs> Dontrell Willis, former Major League left-hander, like they say in AAA, if you don't like the food, play better. I, I'd never heard that before. Neither have I. I. That's that. so good. That's so <laughs> if you good. don't like the food, play better. You don't like Anyways. the buses, play better. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. So what did you think about things. that? What did you think? I hated that what day. Happened I, couldn't stand, I, I, I couldn't stand that day. It was horrible because it was everybody had the exact same opinion, right? Like, so, and, and I agree, like, it, it, allow it. It's okay. He swung on 3-0. and Who cares? He hits a grand slam. I agree with you. Gutless to throw it. Manny Machado. I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. It was just the. It was one of the worst days ever on social media, and there's been a lot of bad days. Just because it's yeah. no fun when everybody agrees and everybody it is this, everybody being righteous about something. I, I just wanted to get through that day, and I got sick of reading mm-hmm. everybody's opinions on it. And because when there is 100% agreement or compliance on something, then then what's the point? Then you're just piling on, and it's there's almost like a bully mentality that happens. So I hated that day. I hated it. I, I understand why you felt that way, feel that way, and why that that will resonate with a, a lot of people. But I'll tell you why I think it's important that there was such a resounding, you know, ratio, if you will, if I can use Twitter talk, it was such a resounding ratio, is that you're you're hearing people lobbying for showcasing the best there is in baseball at any point in time. You're not asking the best in the game, the flashiest in the game, the most entertaining in the game to lay down. Your job is to get them out if you're a pitcher, even if you're down 10 to nothing. They might hit 3-0. and You shouldn't get down 3-0. and There was such a unanimity about that and such a roar that I took it as a possibility. As the week went on, that day, that day was an echo, no question mark, you're right. But I took it mm-hmm. as a as a hopeful echo that those the idiots holding baseball back, the people who don't realize that that the Jace Tinglers and the Woodwards of the world and people throwing at them and, and you're supposed to the unwritten rules thing, that your average demographic in baseball is near deaf. And you can't survive as a sport when that's the case. And what's happening now between Fernando Tat? Can you imagine Fernando Tatis Jr. and Tim Anderson on the same team? Oh my God! Could you could Break you imagine up. that would be blinding swag? That would be just yeah. swag sca- squared. But that's what you want. That's entertainment. That's that's fun to watch. Don't we love watching Javi Baez? Yeah, but let me add this. Let me add this. Okay. The the. The unwritten rules of baseball, you are right, and I think this is what you're saying, are, are typically promoted by and adhered to by the crusty old white guy, right? That has it's been this way forever, and there's certain things you do and you don't know. But 
It is also adhered to and promoted by, whether out loud or quietly, by probably about half of the 25-year-olds that play the game today that still think, you know, eye for an eye, you better come in high and tight. Because if they didn't feel that way, then these things wouldn't happen. You think a guy making $20 million a year is going to listen to his old crusty old white guy manager say, throw at one of your buddies on the opposing team? No. I, if there was a, to be a vote, like a private vote in Major League Baseball, trust me. They're, I'd say about half of, half, I'd say it's a 50-50 split. It's kind of like our country, that there'd still be people, players, that would still say, yeah, I'm going to throw at you. I'm going to, yeah, you you come out high and tight on my guy, you hit my guy, I'm going to hit your guy. It's So as, as indignant as, as we do get towards people who supposedly don't like fun, it still exists within the game of baseball itself, and not just those running it and those talking about it, but the actual players, too. This is not the generation in which we are going to completely um, promote or will be adhered to the idea of, of Tim Anderson or Javier Baez or whomever. So it, it's, it is the players, too, believe it or not. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not seeing... I, I can imagine there are some players who feel that way and being Mr. Tough Guy when you're when it's really a gutless thing to throw at somebody. I remember more than a generation ago when Jim Riggleman was managing the Cubs in the mid-90s, I was surprised pleasantly at his response. We're having this discussion about do you throw at somebody? Do your pitchers have to know it? Does the manager have to tell them? And he said he made it a point to make sure his pitchers didn't throw at anybody, no retaliation. Good. I said, really? It seems like you're you're leaving, you're hanging your players out. And he <clears> said, no. I don't want anybody, any of my pitchers throwing at their guys because I don't want anybody throwing at Rhino and Grace. And that was his point. Oh, I wow. Don't need, I don't want to lose them. I don't want anybody throwing at my best players just just because that's some dumb thing they're doing. We just, I need these guys, and this is how we're going to win. And that was Riggleman in the mid-90s. And it seemed like such a, it, such a, it, I don't know, a, a, a lone voice, a lone voice of, of logic because you don't want your guys to get hit. I mean, we heard Ron, Ron Sano tell a bunch of stories about every time Ernie hit a home run, Gibson was going to hit him in the ribs, and it was just, it was stupid. It was well, crazy. It was it was it was nuts. I mean, you remember Joe Madden's famous quote, and it was a good one, where he said, "We're not going to start the fights, but we're going to finish them," and that's that's called retaliation. So it's, of course, it it exists with managers and and with you know, like I said, with the players too. It's kind of like, it's sort of like metrics in in baseball. And sometimes people who are way into the to the fancy numbers and the metrics, they like to condescend to those who are not. But again, the dirty little secret is is that most players in baseball still look at batting average, home runs, and RBIs. They still Chris Bryant still likes having 100 RBIs and uh, and 30 home runs and a high batting average, even though those kinds of things have been made less important to a lot of people. So I think people forget to actually, when the criticisms are had about baseball's demographics, those who watch, those who criticize, what the criticisms are, understand that the players are not completely dissimilar to those in a lot of cases. 
I, I know pitchers still love wins. As yes, as much oh as yes, been, yeah. yes. So I, I, great example. I, I and they have it written into their contract. They have reasons for all this. They're still being bonuses being written into contracts for for statistical categories that aren't as valuable as we once thought they were. But the the idea of uh, being available and if you're you know if your guy's going to get hit, what what chance do you have if you if you're going to lose somebody important from your lineup because he was drilled in an act of revenge and you guys got close, you started something and you're going to finish something. I, Joe Madden's idea that we're just going to finish it was is just as stupid. That kind of retaliation is just as stupid. And we were discussing it earlier with with your point about Jose Abreu took that pat, that pitch near his head, backed away, caught his you know collected himself, Jason got in the Adam. box. Yeah. Yeah. And then. He hit the ball as far as he, as hard as he possibly could at that moment. There's your revenge. Right. And he sprinted around the bases. He didn't. Right. He didn't. You know, didn't get cocky it, or anything. Didn't milk right. it. Didn't, didn't act yeah. it out. No swag there. But, but if if he hits Jose Abreu, let's say it's he hits him in the helmet and he he's not hurt. You don't think the White Sox are thinking about hitting somebody on the Cubs and, and that White Sox fans would have been enraged and wanting blood? Of course yeah, they would. I, I, there's no question they would have wanted blood. There is question whether that's the right thing to go after them or just beat them the rest of the series. So we will discuss that again later on, I'm sure. It seems to come up. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This has been Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.